You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 474, and as always, we got a great show in store for you all. We have, of course, the person to my left. I mean, I, I guess over the internet, he'd be to my left. It's my one of my partners in Rocket League. I yield to no one. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I think winter has finally left the area. You say that, but then... In the Midwest, you never know because well, it was snowing. We, we had, it was snowing two days ago. Or three yeah, days in Louisville, ago. it was you know seventy one day, and then the next day it called for snow. And we actually, it was actually April Fool's Day, and one of the people oh, I work yeah. with, one of my team members, she was like over the intercom. She's like, "Hey, is it snowing outside?" And no one in the store knew whether they could take her seriously. It's like, wait a minute, this is April Fool's Day, and you know, generally people and the internet try to get you on April Fool's Day, but no, no, it was snowing. It was, it was snowing. <laughs> I look, I saw it. It was snowing, and then it's 70 today. Well, luckily it didn't uh, ice over the fields in Rocket League for yet for us for yet another killer. Actually, this time on, on Saturday, uh, last this past Saturday, if you're, when you're listening on Wednesday, we had uh, another great Twitch stream for Rocket League, me, Homer, and Yield. Two losses, I'm assuming, I, I don't even remember, I think it was eight wins, eight, two, eight and two, so another stellar night. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, but that's that's not. We're not here to brag about Rocket League again because we've got an even bigger reason to brag. He's he's becoming a regular. He's he's actually you know a rising star in the podcast scene because everyone seems to want a piece of this guy. It's the most legit Levi I've ever known. It's Levi. It's Tommy Gun. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope they do want me back. Shoot. How many? I dropped at this my point, headset. Levi, I'm sorry. You, uh, yeah, you, glad to be here though. Yeah, you've got to be a regular. Once a month at least. Yeah, well, we're. I think we're starting to do, and, and this is something I wanted to do, but I guess Tricky confirmed it. We're going to come on at the first of every month and just kind of update us on how B legit's going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it and it's rolling good. It's staying strong. Well, let me ask you this, Levi. How many podcasts at this point have you been on? I, a year ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Well, two two years ago, I didn't know what a podcast was, but I, I'm on, I'm on the loop probably once a month. I'm on CJ's probably once a month, and I'm with you guys. Probably once a month, and then every now and then I'll do like a um, PG spoilers or, or something like that. So really, I've probably been averaging a podcast a week. So it's uh, so it's this became point, a thing for me. Yeah, at this point, you actually are a podcast host. You just just to get to switch scenes every week. Yeah, but see, the good thing about that is I never have to do the editing and the uploading and all the real work stuff. I just get on here and, and talk about video. See, I, I won't commit to anything, so I won't agree to be on anybody's podcast regularly because then they want me to do the real work side of it. So I just kind of visit every now and then, and I, I get to in, enjoy the, the easy parts without doing the hard work. So that's smart. it works you out could, well. If you could do a podcast and you could not have to do any editing, that's the way to go. Because right, editing's the unfun part. I mean, there there are fun things about editing, like being able to do like basically decide how the show turns out. But some of the more monotonous stuff definitely not fun. So I mean, there are pros and cons to editing, but it does take a solid chunk of time. So if you can, but I do you, love getting on and talking about video games. I mean, I, I went on a real video game kick the past couple of years, and it's you know. 
it's probably my main hobby. I mean, uh, hunting well, Levi, would you got, be. You got but all you this time to make up all for. year. So, Levi, yeah. you got all this time to make up for because you didn't play video games there for a long time, and you got back into the years. scene. So, yeah, eleven years. So, I'm still going through the top tier games. So, uh, and and at that time, even I hadn't played my my palette hadn't developed. You know, I hadn't played. Uh, you know, I, I played a lot of like Tecmo Bowl and sports stuff and. You know, things like that. I hadn't done any of, say, the RPGs or the adventure games or the survival horror. None of none of the big genres that I'm into heavy now, I'd never played any of them. So, well, it's I mean, basically no, like I'm a new gamer. Well, normally we would do our updated trophy count, but I think this is actually a perfect segue into what you've been playing. Obviously, because Levi, you're talking about, you know, the kind of stuff you consume these days as opposed to what you used to consume back in the day. So, I mean, right. what, what's been going on lately? What have you been playing? Well, uh, Death Stranding. So, how is that? It's well. I started it when I guess it had probably just been out a month or two, and I started it. And I got, I got about ten hours in, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't amazing, um, but I I enjoyed it. Um, something got me sidetracked. I don't remember what it was. So I just started again about three weeks ago. And I would say now I'm probably a good 20 hours in. I think, honestly, chapter 3 took me a good 10 hours. I don't know if that chapter takes everybody that long, but, I mean, it seems like chapter 3 was longer than 1, 2, 4, and 5 combined. So I just started 6. Wow. So half the time in the game was on chapter 3. You know, it's a... It's a very unique story. I love the story. I think it'd make a hell of a movie. I think it'd make a great movie. But the gameplay is... It's just not that fun. You're, you're doing this fetch quest type stuff. and You're having to you know hide from these BTs or sometimes fight them. And, and you'll, you'll have these... Um, I don't know, like these Mad Max marauders out and about that you got to run from... Um, so you can't kill them because if you kill a human, you kill anything, it becomes a BT explosion. It, you, the dead body becomes a nuclear warhead, essentially, and it would wipe out, you know, an entire section of the map. So you can't just like shoot somebody. Uh, so you've got to like wrap them up or use a BT non-lethal weapon or something like that. Um, but you'll go on these missions where, you know, these Mad Max sorts has stole something from the community and you've got to go get it back or, you know, but mostly you're just fetch quests. You're like a UPS guy and you're running something across town and then you're, then you're going, you're working your way through all the cities, getting them online of the chiral network. You're, you're trying to bring America back. You're, you're getting everybody united. You're. You're getting, you know, everyone connected again through their interweb kind of a deal. I mean, it's a very unique game. Uh, I can't say I've ever played anything remotely like it. It's, you know, is it going to start a new genre? I know I kindly doubt it, but it, it's possible. It is It is definitely its, its own thing, very unique. But I have enjoyed it, and I am going to try to finish it, and I am enjoying it enough to finish it. The main thing that's keeping me going is just the story. I, I want to see how this story ends. But I think I only know of one or two people that's actually finished it. I think William Ridgway finished it. I think CJ finished it. But other than that, I don't think anybody else in the group's actually finished that game. People get, you know, five, ten hours in, and, and that's that. 
But the, the two people I know that have finished it says if you get halfway, you can't stop. You you have to finish the story out, and that's I'm almost to that halfway point. I think by the hour wise. So, but yeah, uh, sorry to get so long winded, but that's that's all I've been playing, and I have really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, that's there's a, a couple of things. One, we know about Hideo Kojima that you know people fall in love with his games because of the stories that are tied into them. And I have heard that that game uh, being Death Stranding kind of is a is a slow to start game. But you know, Levi, people tend to like be big Hideo Kojima fans, like especially if you come for the Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid series. But people who play his games really are like invested in him as a developer. Are you one of those people that was a Hideo Kojima fan, or is this kind of your first foray into what he's been doing? I've never played a Hideo Kojima game. Um, but I understand probably his biggest series was Metal Gear. So I went out and I bought every Metal Gear and every Metal Gear Solid game for the original copies and then remasters for PlayStation 4 and then for PC. So I bought basically a total of about 20 different copies of, of these Metal Gear games. And some of them's even like on Game Pass, I think, or, or PS Now, but... I'm set up to really dive in, and I was planning to just dedicate two to three months to his games. I just, I just hadn't got to it yet till just now. So after Death Stranding, I'm going to see what else he has to offer because the guy has like a cult-like following. So I, I really want to see what that's all about. Yeah, you, you just asked Tricky. Tricky loves Hideo Kojima. Well, so I, I will tell you when you get to uh, Metal Gear Solid. Two. Uh, don't play it late at night. Okay. Is there any particular reason for that yield? The cutscenes are long, and I'm not talking like ten minutes long. They are long. Well, I think <laughs> and 90... it's easy to fall asleep to them. Ninety percent of the time, I do a game series in order. You know, one, two, three, four, five, but. Everyone has bragged so much about 3. I think I'm actually going to start my whole Metal Gear experience with Metal Gear Solid 3. And then bounce around, you know, 5, 4, 2. And then, then go back and hit, like, Metal Gear for NES. Um, it, you know, I may not even like the games. And then I won't get far. But I, I want to I want to get hooked. And they say my best chance of getting hooked is to start with 3. Really? See, well, I started back in the day with... The first one, Metal Gear on NES. I never did play yeah. Metal Gear 2 on the NES. And then I picked the series back up with Metal Gear Solid. Played 2. I picked up 3, never got to it. My brother played it and said it was really good. And of course, I own 4. Haven't played it yet. And then I think I picked up 5 when it came free for plus. So I have them all, except for 2, for the NES... Uh, but I'd have to go back. I I haven't played them in so long. I'd have to almost start over. Well, it's also important to note that the Metal Gear for NES is nothing like the Metal Gear Solid games for the PlayStation. Well, no, but they are all interconnected. I couldn't tell you technically the right timeline to play them because he does start jumping timeline around, whereas this game actually takes place over here in this spot and this one's more here so but they are stealth style games right yes they they might have even been like the original stealth games i'm not sure but 
I had never played a stealth game ever until I think probably a year ago, 16 months ago. And I went on just a complete stealth kick and fell in love with stealth. So that's another reason I just went and bought them all because I thought, you know, this Kojima guy with a big following, these are stealth games, I'm going to love it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to try them. But stealth is, stealth is, it, it's a, it is a, it's not a type of game everyone's going to like, but I've enjoyed it. The cardboard box is your friend. Exactly. Yield, sir. What have you been? What have you been up to this week? Besides, you know, our our foray into Rocket League on usually Thursday, but Saturday night this week. So, besides Rocket League, uh, I did fire up some World of Warships today. That's the first time I've really played it all week. Um, Spyro Two, Ripto's Rage. We were here together. Which the We Were Here series? Get it if you get a chance to. But make sure you got a buddy to play with because it's it's a lot, it's a, it's easier than trying to find somebody on the internet, I would think. But I just I would say it'd probably be better if you know a buddy who's interested in playing. You both can play that play it together. The third one really kicks up the complexity of the puzzles and the difficulty of the puzzles. So played that, uh, played some Ghostbusters. The video game remastered, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, and Adam's Venture Origins. What's What's Adam's Venture's Origins? Because I have not, I am not familiar with that one. So I picked that game up on uh, it was two months ago, maybe on a sale. It was three bucks in the store. Looked kind of just by watching the trailer. It looked like you have puzzles to solve slash Uncharted ish. So I'm like, okay, for three bucks, even if it is kind of a a, a, a port or a remake, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a whirl. So what I've played so far, there's not really much Unchartedness to it, other than it'd be more, I guess you could compare it like to Indiana Jones. You know, you're you're kind of uh uh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, English, fail me. Indiana, uh, not an architect, an archaeologist. So you're kind of an archaeologist, but you you go through the level. There's a little bit of swinging you do with a hook, and you've got puzzles throughout the level to solve. Like this one, like the, the latest one I had to solve was they give you a tablet, and it's a three by three grid, and all the way around it is the Roman numeral Roman numeral of ten. So you've got to get every line, vertical and horizontal, to equal 10. And at, at first, they only give you the bottom three and the right three. And the rest of it's all blank. It's just got an X over it. But it all equals 10. So you have to find the right ones and when you and to get the 10 to pop out to unlock the door. And then the further along you go in the level, they give you more and more of the grid that you have to figure out to get tens all the way around it. So it's just little puzzles like that. It's it's fun. I'm glad I didn't spend I think it was originally maybe 15, 20 bucks. I don't think it would have been that much fun at that price, but for 3 bucks I'm enjoying it. And the writing's not bad, little, you know, the the humor's pretty good. Not like top-notch good, but, you know, makes you chuckle. So wait, is it a third like a third person action game or is it like 
like a puzzle style, like overhead, and you're looking at a grid. So it's third person, and then when you walk up to the puzzle, they mainly put you kind of like in front of it or above it at, at that point, depending on what the puzzle is. And then when you solve the puzzle, then you walk around to do the next thing. Oh, I got to collect this thing. Okay, there it is. I picked it up. Okay, now I got to get my myself out of here. Okay, and then you walk. I have yet to run into anything where there's any there's no gun battles. The only real action, like I said, is you throw your hook and then you swing and and hit circle to detach from it and hope you don't swing too far and you f- fly off the edge. But that's been about it. And uh, don't don't uh, don't be modest. You not only did you play Ghostbusters the video game remastered, but you also I went back. Yeah, well, so I, I played it last year. So I'm, I'm not counting it for my this year be legit. But I went back and I wanted to get the platinum. So I went back and I got the platinum in that. Wait, and, hold on. Did uh, you beat it again this year? I did beat it again this year because I had to play through it. I had to play through it to get... So as Alex knows, there there's a trophy for 3 million damage in a playthrough and a trophy for $100,000 in a playthrough. If you no, beat no it again this year, it is a be legit point. I mean, we oh, don't okay. we don't let people like abuse it and beat the same game fifteen times in a year. But if it's something you beat last year and it's just an amazing game and you want to play it again, it counts again. For I mean, I've okay. done that twice myself. Like um, Half Life Alex, I claimed both last year and this year. All three of the Remedy games, I claimed both last year, this year. A lot of us are. So if anyone listening is under the impression there is a rule against that. You need to go back and do some counting and get me the scores because okay. you've got more well, points. So I'm going to add another count. one to your score right now. Well, no, 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 no you don't have to because I didn't, I didn't platinum it until yesterday. So it'll be on April's points. Uh, okay, then so just anyway, remember so to claim it. But go I ahead. Will th- I, I will then. So anyway, you you had to have a hundred thousand dollars or less of damage. So I went back and got that trophy, and then I had to play it again on professional. So. So and, I, I platinum that that one, and then I've also I also platinumed uh, Spyro Two Ripto's Rage. Remember how I told you last week? Those who were listening to last week's show, I told you that I didn't quite meet my continue the platinum uh, a week trend. Well, we we got off the show an hour later. I platinumed it. So recording wise, I did not keep up my platinum a week, but I actually platinumed it before Sunday was over with. So. Depends on how you technical you want to be, and I'm using a lot of air quotes here. Figure, I figure that does count, and it is important to remember the Ghostbusters on PS3 was really hard to platinum because there were so many online trophies. Online trophies, and obviously it's not the most popular online game, or it wasn't, and it wasn't the best online environment. So they've actually taken all those out for the PS4 version or for the yes. the new version. So it's you know not a hard platinum if you wanted to go back and get that game as a platinum. No better time than now because it's all it's oh, all yeah. on you really. Well, and like like I said, those of us who grew up with Ghostbusters, you're gonna like the game, just just because of the writing and the voice actors. You're gonna love the 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 game. Now, it's not the best controlling game, and all that. And on professional, there are a couple of instances where you're gonna die a lot because of your AI teammates aren't the greatest. So you got everything's just got to kind of line up right, you know. You trap the ghost quick enough, or the ghost don't kill you because sometimes they put you in a really small room with like eight ghosts, and there are two of you. 
So, there's a little annoyance that way, but I honestly thought it was going to be more annoying than what it actually ended up being. Or maybe I just hit the th- hit the right algorithm at the right moment. I don't know. Well, the other thing, cool thing about that game was we hadn't had a Ghostbusters movie since the 80s. So when that game came out, like it was nice to have so many people from the original cast involved. And you know, now we have a new Ghostbusters movie coming out next year so with the original cast. So, but for a while there, we didn't have anything like if you no, were going to if you were going to scratch your Ghostbusters itch, it was going to have to be for one of the movies that were at that point, you know, getting to be 20 years old. So, this was just a nice thing all around and it was a like Atari, it was I think it was published by Atari. It was just a really fun game. Yes. And be, being able to fight, you know, go back to the Sedgwick Hotel and then fight um, Stay Puft Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man on top of uh, a rooftop. Like, it, there were so many cool moments in that game. So, uh, like I told I you on, pers- on... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just glad to hear that it's, it's held up. I, I personally loved uh, going back to the library and fighting the Grey Lady. Considering yeah, and, considering there was really no closure to that from the first movie, and this one kind of put closure and then connected it to the story that they were telling, I like that. Yeah, and they didn't, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of, like, scenes recreated from the movies, but it was, they also added a bunch of new things that weren't, like, you know, to flesh out the story. They had a bunch of stuff that wasn't from the movie, so, I mean, it was just a fun experience all around. It was. All right. And and I think, I thought they did a really good job of... Since you play as the rookie and you have no you have no dialogue at all. But I thought they did a really a good job of you get time throughout the entire game with each ghostbuster where you're 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 together as a group and then there are certain parts of every level at some point to where it's just you and Ray, you and Egon, you and Vankman. Uh, you and Stedmore. And I thought that was really cool. I noticed that I was going to say, last... don't you dare forget about, forget about my favorite Ghostbuster, Winston Zeddemore. No, Zeddemore. So I was, I was like, I thought that was really cool of, of how they, you specifically, it's like they gave each Ghostbuster in that game their own little moment to shine with the rookie. I, I thought that was pretty cool. The little touches in life that matter. Yes. Yield? Well, if that's all that you, you've been playing, yes, sir? Yes. Yes, it I, has. I guess it leaves it to me. Uh, I actually have not played, outside of Rocket League, I've only played maybe about five minutes of PlayStation this week, other than uh, Spring Sale is up, so go check out the the Spring Sale. I think Yield posted some of the things, the highlights, like uh, his his continued push to get everyone to buy Wreckfest. He did post some things in the Trophy Horse Wreck chat, Fest. so go Mud check Runners. out. Mudrunners is a fun game if you like those just kind of laid-back games. So definitely go check out the PSN because they got a, a sale going on right now. For me, though, uh, Rocket League Thursdays, which we actually played on Saturday, some more Nintendo Switch. Uh, Animal Crossing has their Bunny Day event going on today, so I've been building up to that and just playing some of that little by little, day by day. But uh, my little, uh, on Saturday, I actually added a new Platinum to my total. It was the last trophy I needed for Castle Crashers, so I got the Platinum in Castle Crashers. And uh, funny story, I don't think I've ever spent so much money to get a Platinum, but the last trophy I needed was the medic trophy which in a four-player game you have to revive all three of your teammates in one single session in order to get the trophy well if you go online and play with people you know most people are going and buying potions and they're trying to keep themselves alive during the 
during the game, so it's really hard to get this trophy with a bunch of random people online, so I had to resort to, I've got two controllers already, I had to go buy two more controllers, essentially, in a local game with my four controllers, get the platinum to pop that way, or get the the medic trophy to pop (laughs) that way. Uh, if I didn't have to resort to that, I wouldn't have, but you know what, like, I'm like, I really want the Platinum and Castle Crashers, it's two more controllers, you know, my controllers are pretty old, so it, it's nice to have some new controllers as well, but obviously, I really enjoy having the Platinum to Castle Crashers, it's one of my favorite beat-em-ups ever, and one of the cool things about that game is trophy list, while tro- some of the trophies can be really annoying, not including the Platinum, there are only 12 trophies, and 10 of them are gold trophies, the other two are silver. So, all of the trophies in that carry some pretty hefty weight. There's no bronzes at all, so... Definitely a nice touch from our friends at the Behemoth and Castle Crashers, and as we'll see one of our, our stories coming up later, uh, just to kind of follow up... Well, you know what, screw it, let's get to it now. Uh, as we have we brought up in the past on another show, there were talks that Sony was going to... Actually, you know what? Hold on. Even though that would have been a good transition, Levi, we, we need to get you with the Be Legit here. I was I was so ready to, to segue. Uh, let's get our update on here on the Be Legit. We've been talking about people playing games, what we've been playing. But clearly, some of the people playing the most games and the most active in our community are in the Be Legit competition. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so we've got 21 contestants. We had about 26, but I think four or five just kind of... I don't know. Maybe they're just not beating games and I haven't heard from them. I'm not sure. But I've removed some names since I hadn't heard from some people. Um, I'll add you back if if you want. If you beat a game, just let me know. I'll add you back. But I thinned the list out a little just so it's easier to keep score. But out of the 21 contestants I have on the list, seven people have double-digit scores already. So I'm just going to read the top seven. So that's that's a third of the group's going to get a shout-out today. But first is Corey still at 43 points. Um, so he had a 21 the first month, then an 11, then an 11. But Ponder Stibbins is slowly pulling on him. Ponder now has 34. Ponder had 9, then he beat 11. And this month he beat 14. So he actually tied Corey last month and actually beat him this month on points. So... Corey's um, Corey's commanding lead is not quite as big as it was now. It's 43 and 34. So those two are they're crushing games at about the same level overall. So I'd, I'd say that those scores will even tighten up a little more as we go. Well, but, Levi, you know, in a few months, who knows, we might have a, a Godzilla King Kong situation going on here where we got two behemoths of the community just going at it. Well, I think it already is. Yeah, I mean forty-three and thirty-four, but don't uh, don't count Tricky out either. Tricky uh, beat eight games this month, uh, seven last month, five the first month. So he's posted three great scores. Tricky's in third place with twenty. So that's, I mean, if if we roll the clocks back to last year, even beating twenty games in three months, he would have been leading the competition last year with, with the competition we, we had between the you know the big three or four of us that were hashing it out. So he's posting some pretty crazy scores too. But tricky in third and then uh, for fourth place is a tie between CJ. Um, CJ didn't beat a single game this month. I think he was busy with work. So he remains at thirteen. Daryl was not busy with work. Daryl had the COVID, so he smashed eight games. So bringing him up to 13. So CJ and Daryl both tied at 13. And then for fifth place, we've also got a two-way tie 
between T-Bird and Yield. Uh, Yield and T-Bird both have 10 points each. So Yield had another great month with four points. Uh, myself, I, w I was running in the top five or six or so, but I didn't get a single game beat this month. And I was another one that fell victim to working too much. But uh, yeah, we've, we've already got seven people with double-digit scores after three months in. So uh, there's, there's definitely more competition this year than there was last year. And well, with Daryl kind of in getting in Tricky's rearview mirror there, that might entice Tricky to, uh, might fire up uh, the engines for Tricky because, you know, Tricky and Daryl always have this running competition between each other. And if he thinks Daryl's going to get close, then I there's no it. telling what kind of games that he's going to play. I don't see it because, you know, that big that big eight points this month, he, he had COVID. So Daryl's not in a situation where he can really play a lot of games. I know he loves games. He's a good friend of mine, but he's... He, he actually can't play much because he, he works a lot of hours. Um, he spends a lot of time with his family. I've got a lot of respect for him. He spends a lot of time with his kids and, and his wife. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Tricky does too. I don't mean to say Tricky don't, but Tricky is in a situation where he can actually play video games while he works. So, so Tricky's in a better situation to play games than any of us. Yes. Yeah. I didn't at all mean that to sound like Tricky wasn't a family man. I, I don't talk to Tricky on the family side much. He might be just as engaged. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying. All I'm saying is this big month of Daryl is that, that's not going to happen often. He he had COVID, so he literally sat and played games all month. Um, I'd say he'll wind up doing good, but will will he top the crack? And I don't see that. Well, it sounds like the crack in his quarry right now. Well, the Not tricky, but yeah, obviously he's well, got to top of tricky before he can even go to Corey. There's two Krakens, and it's it's Corey and Ponders. Remember, Ponders got 34. He beat 14 games this month. Well, 14 points. You know, some games count them as two, but 14 points in a month. That's let me let me. I think that's the second highest monthly score posted, ever. Yeah, so. Corey set the record that will probably never be beat in January with 21, but in Be Legit history, the second best month ever was Ponder this month. So, were they, there's two times. Ponder and Corey both in the first season of Be Legit, the first year, I should say, or did they Neither were they both newcomers were. this year? Neither of them were. If they had been in the Be Legit last year, they would be, you know, they were just crushing it. Nobody would be running with them. I mean, those of us that were winning last year, for example, were were posting after 12 months the points that they have after three. Now, now bear in mind, there's there's more lax rules, so a lot of games count this year that didn't last year. We lowered the time frame. We're we're counting a lot of retro now, and the long games count as count as two. So, you know, realistically, I would expect to see you know scores 50% higher, maybe even twice as high, but it's looking like they're actually going to be on pace of scores three to four times as high. So they, either way you spin it, they would be crushing us last year if they had been playing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Levi, I know you said that they're, they're doing more retro games this time because that was, you know, that's been brought into the conversation. And do you find that people are playing more retro games or like more like newer games or say something from maybe like 10 years ago this year we are seeing a lot more retro and it might just be that we're seeing it because it's counting uh you know i knew i know that we had some retro players last year and some of them you know were were be legit but see the problem is 
for, for be legit sake and why we change the rules is because you don't have a lot of people just in gaming in, in general that go back and play a lot of those retro games. And the ones that do, uh, a lot of them are, are hardcore. They're extremely talented video gamers. They possess a very high skill set. And a lot of them even are these speed runners. So you take Donkey Kong or um, the Contra games. You know, you put the average person in Donkey Kong Country or, or Contra 1 or, or Contra 3 Alien Wars. It is going to take the average person 15, 20, 30 hours to beat those games their first time. If they can even beat them. It's if they possess the skill set to beat those hard games. Now, if you look those games up on the website, How Long to Beat... They're going to say like four, five hours, 5.5. It's speedrunners that are logging all these crazy times, and it makes these retro games look like they're less hours than what they really are. So once we took that into consideration, you know, I took a step back, and I, I looked, and I was like, okay, that's Contra Alien Wars 3, uh, Desert Strike, and uh, Donkey Kong Country. I was like, you know, there's no way I'm going to sit here and say that's not a legit game. So we kind of changed the way we viewed things. And yeah, you've got, I mean, shoot, you've got, you've got Corey, um, Ponder, they're all beating, you know, five, six, seven retro games a month. I'm, I've beat a few of them. Uh, you've got Tricky Mick beating five, six of them a month. Yeah, you've got a lot of people playing retro. Well, and it makes sense because having to, you know, getting 14 points in a month and having to spend that on new games and like, unless you had PlayStation Now or, you know, Xbox Games Pass, It'd be rid of, like you'd be spending a lot of money unless you were playing games that you know you owned on a previous console, right? And you know there was some you know uh, argument about using emulators. I don't care if you use an emulator. You know if there's games that I'm playing and I'm counting, um, you know some of these games are extremely expensive. And even though I'm a collector and I want to own them, it's just not in the cards to buy some of these old Sega Saturn games. And uh, you, you know. Play them however you can and, and claim the point. You know, if, you know, if somebody's going to cheat, they're going to cheat. You know, it, it is what it is, so I'm not going to punish the group you know, on the possibility that someone could, in theory, cheat using emulators. You know, play it however you can and enjoy the game and count it. And, well, that's one thing I've never really understood in certain circles is, is speedrunning. And, you, I mean, you mentioned, but every time I hear speedrunning, I see people do it. Like, it's incredible to watch somebody speedrun. Yes. We were at the Louisville Arcade Expo last year watching somebody speed run. I think it was the original Super Mario Brothers. And it was just, it was nuts at, at what this person was able to do. It's like, man, I could, I mean, maybe if I practiced every day for the longest time, I can get that done. But one, it has no appeal to me because I, I, I like to take my time and, and savor the games and enjoy them. But I mean, man, that stuff, heavy respect to the people who can do that because they do some amazing things. Oh, it is. And ones that have amazed me the most is is the heavy puzzle-solving games like, uh, for instance, Resident Evil 1 and 2, where you have to solve all these puzzles and go through all of these rooms multiple times, and there's so many different ways that you can complete that. And these people that have it down to an exact science, they, they map out you know the rooms and what's the minimum amount of times you can go in this room and what's the fastest way to get from this room to that room and... You know, beating the game in a completely different way than you normally would have just to save a minute or finding ways to skim around the zombies and go faster up the steps. I mean, they have it broke down to such a science to turn a, a 
12, 13 hour game into an hour and 20 minute game. It's, it's just amazing though, the work and the skill that goes into it. I, I can't do it, but I, I respect it. Oh, Levi, anything else that you felt was pertinent to regards to the be legit? No, no. Um, everything's going great. Keep, keep smashing games, guys. All right. Uh, well, we uh, I alluded to this earlier, and I was about ready to jump into it before we, we got our Be Legit update. Oh, yeah, yield trophy count. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping all <laughs> over the place this week. I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, I, I, I just really want to get to this update on the PS3 stores and the, P, and the Vita store, but uh, we, we got time for that. Uh, so update okay. trophy count. Tricky is level 607 with a total trophy count of 13,945 with a platinum count of 255. I am perched at level 442, 7,283 total trophies with a platinum count of 111 and 110 games. The Castle Crashers platinum adding on to that for me. Yield, sir? Level 443, trophy count of 7,251, and a plat count of 121. Like I said earlier, got two this week. Spyro, two Ripto's Rage, and... Uh, duh! Oh, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. I drew a blank for a second. We've also got Sid at level 513, a total trophy count of 10,184, and a platinum count of 174. Levi has level 182 with 699, 699 total trophies. No platinums yet, but, but Levi wins that the medium tro- platinum coming. Well, I've been informed that I, I am incorrect, that it's not going to be a, a platinum. It's going to be a... Um the Microsoft 100%. I'm doing it on Game Pass, but uh, it'll happen this year. Most excellent. All right, now finally, my I we can finally get to the thing that I've been trying to jump to here a couple times in the show, and that is so we had a story break a few weeks ago, and Sony didn't officially announce anything. It was just kind of reports from different sites about the storefronts for the PS3, the Vita, and the PSP closing down. Sony has now made that official and sent out emails to uh, customers. Me being one of them, I got an email from Sony. So I'm just going to share the email with you guys. Uh, And it does answer one very pertinent question that we had on the show a couple weeks back. So it says, Hi, Ray's Havoc. We are closing PlayStation Store on PlayStation 3 on July 2nd and on PlayStation Vita devices on August 27th. Additionally, the remaining purchase functionality for the PSP will also retire on July 2nd. So you've got the PS3 and, v- and PlayStation P- or the PSP closing down on the 2nd of July, and the Vita will go until August 27th. After thoughtful consideration, we decided to make these changes in an effort to focus our resources on PlayStation Store on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, which will enable us to enhance the customer experience even further. We thank you for your support on these Platinums throughout the years. Uh, what does this mean for you? You will no longer be able to purchase PS3, PS Vita, and PSP digital content, including games and video content. You will also no longer be able to make in-game purchases through games on PS3, Vita, and PSP. With the PSP storefront was previously closed in 2016, the remaining PSP purchase functionality will now be fully retired, uh, and that's uh, in-game purchases. What about content you already own, which was the, the huge concern? You will still be able to download your own PS3, PS Vita, and PSP content, including games and video content. So much like the, the PlayStation Video Store on PSN, you can still download, download content you've already purchased. 
You can download your own content on your PS3, PS Vita, or PSP by accessing the download list on the respective device. If you have purchased a PS3 slash PS Vita cross-buy bundle and have only downloaded either the PS3 or Vita version, you will need to download the other version prior to the closure of the PlayStation Store on the relevant device. So I guess it's counting an initial download of that content as a uh, essentially purchasing it for the initial time, or for the first time. So you will need to download that if you've never downloaded it. Video content that you own can be streamed on PS3, PS4, and 5 through the My My Videos app or mobile devices through the PlayStation Video app. You will still be able to re-download and play games titles you've claimed through the PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. So, uh, also, uh, you will no longer be... uh, What about vouchers, wallet funds, and cross-buy content? You will still be able to redeem game and PlayStation Plus vouchers on PS3, PS Vita, and PSP devices once PlayStation Store and purchase functionality for these devices close. You will no longer be able to redeem PSN wallet fund vouchers, i.e. gift cards, on the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP devices once the PlayStation Store and purchase functionality for these devices close. Uh, your PSN wallet funds will remain in your PSN account, but you will only be able to use those wallet funds to purchase PS4 and PS5 ga- uh, products on the PlayStation Store on the web, PlayStation app, or on PS4 and PS5 consoles. You will still be able to purchase cross-buy content through the PlayStation Store on the web, PlayStation app, or on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 consoles and access both the PS4 version and the PS3 slash PS Vita slash PSP versions. So, essentially, the dates are July 2nd and August 27th. You will no longer be able to buy games on those services. You also no longer be, buy, be able to buy in-game content. But if you've downloaded and, and purchased and downloaded a game before, you can still download that in the future, was, which is a very nice thing to hear and, and was a, a huge concern before. So, you know, does this make you any less um, apprehensive to buy all digital? Mm. No, not really. I am. I, I'm like I like I've always said. Until they start giving you, to in my opinion, better deals. Day one, to buy digital over physical, I'm probably going to be all physical, or I shouldn't say all physical. 85% physical. Let me... I don't know. For some, for, uh, for some reason, I, I just... I, I can't let it go. That if I can go buy a, a physical copy for 60 bucks, or buy it digital for 60 bucks day one, I'm going to buy it physical. Well, let me ask a question. And this may have been answered. It may have not. But I, I actually use that PS3 storefront quite a bit more than people realize. But it's not just because it's the PS3 storefront. It's because that's what the games that I buy are available on. I buy a lot of PlayStation 1 and a lot of PlayStation 2 games. And when I go on that PlayStation store, you know, to buy, for example, the last one I think was Dino Crisis or one of the offshoot Resident Evil games. I can't remember. But I go on there and it says available for PSP and available for PS3. So in order to own that, I can't buy it for PS4, I can't buy it for PS5. I have to actually buy it and download it onto my PS3. So, And I normally wouldn't do that, I would just do it on my PS4. So are all of those games that were PS3 only or PS3 and Vita, are they going to just disappear? Or can 
are they going to move them over to like PS4 now? Am I still going to be able to buy those games or do I need to go on like a buying rampage in the next month and just buy all those PS1 and PS2 games that I still have to get? So there is an article that Tricky shared with us in the Messenger. Uh, it was from VideoGamesChronicle.com. It was uh, posted by Chris Scullion talking about uh, the title of it is Analysis 2000 Digital-Only Games Will Disappear When the PlayStation Door clo- Closes Its Doors. Now, uh, it said, uh, basically, uh, the subtitle was Many Titles Will Be Lost for Good and Others Will Become Xbox Exclusives uh, VGC Analysis Shows. So essentially, not it's not the number isn't 2,000 they're going to be lost for good, but there are quite a few games that were pleased, like PlayStation 3 and PSP and Vita only that we're going to miss out on. Now, again, some of these you can find on PC, some of you can find on Xbox, uh, but let me read, I don't want to read this entire now, article. We it's won't really miss long. out if we go and buy them this month, right? Well, let that, me, that's how I took it, yes. Yeah, let me let me read this, this one little thing. It says, uh, okay. part of the article, one section says, PlayStation Store closing, the game's lost forever. In terms of general preservation, the vast majority of the digital-only PlayStation games were also released on other systems. Main, many were released on Xbox 360 or PC, and others were released on PS4, while some of the handheld titles were also released on mobile. Um, there were a couple games like Beyond Good and Evil HD, and what's the what's the Tomb Raider game? Um Guardian, Guardian of Light, and uh, the Bionic, the new, the recent Bionic Commando game. So those are examples of games that are essentially becoming Xbox exclusive because they, you know, with the PS3 store shutting down, um, you can't get them on a PlayStation console anymore, but you can still get them on the Xbox. As far as some other games, um, let's see, where was I just reading? Come on. Okay. Uh, obviously, the physical disc versions of the PlayStation 2 classics will also be playable, played on PS2 consoles. As such, while these games will disappear from the PSP, Vita, and PS3, they can't truly be considered lost because they'll still be available in some format, albeit no longer on every format. There are, however, around 138 games that were exclusives to the PS3, the Vita, and or PSP that will essentially become lost forever once the stores close. These include the likes of Infamous Festival of Blood, Echo Chrome 2, Luminous Supernova, The Last Guy, Rain, Tra- Trash Panic, uh, Pain, Pixel Junk Racers, Tokyo Jungle, TXK, and MotorStorm RC. So, uh, the Xbox brand has been extolling the virtues of backwards compatibility for some time now, and the upcoming store closures will also have something of a positive impact on how the uh, Xbox library is perceived. As soon as the stores close, a number of games that were previously multi-format will automatically become console exclusives. Uh, honestly, I don't think that exclusivity on games like Beyond Good and Evil HD, Rayman 3 HD, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, I don't really think that any of that's going to improve people's perception of the Xbox. I mean, it's great that they can still get those, but I mean, those are older games now, so people are too wrapped up in the upcoming what's next for Beyond Good and Evil to care that the HD version's exclusive to the Xbox. But, I mean, Levi, to answer your questions, there are a small amount of games that you're not going to be able to get anymore. Well, I don't any know format. that it's going to be that small because, like, these Parasite Eve games, the Dino Crisis, I even checked as recent as last week, and they say PS3 only. Okay, so, uh, and that whole spiel, again, from Video Games Chronicle, and here's some more stats. In total, around 2,000 or 2,200 digital-only games will disappear after the stores close, including, and that's from the PlayStation consoles, uh, around 630 digital-only Vita games, around 730 digital-only PS3 games, a small number of digital-only PSP games, 293 PlayStation minis, 336 PlayStation 2 classics, around 260 PlayStation 1 classics, particularly on PSP and Vita. With some of those PlayStation PS1 classics, I mean, one of the solutions this article talked about was PlayStation Now, that they could just, it, it, these games that Sony owns or that, you know, P, the other games they partnered with people with on, they can always put them on PlayStation Now. 
which, you know, obviously if you're subscribed to PlayStation Now and you can get more games, that's fantastic. So, I mean, some of these games that Sony owns, like, back from the PS1 days, like, you would figure they will make them available somehow. They're, these games can't be just lost forever. I mean, Sony, obviously, they own them, so I, I doubt they're, you know, whenever they decide to bring them out again, they're, I mean, they'll be available. But, you know, there are some other games, like maybe some of these PSP mini games that I don't know, you're just you're just never going to be able to get again, probably, because I mean, from smaller developers that Sony partnered with, it's, I mean, we... I would love to have Jeff Hanna on for this talk because obviously he is big into preservation of games as somebody who helps make games. But, you know, it's... Unfortunately, that is one of the negative sides of these digital download stores is that once Sony no longer sees the kind of traffic on these stores that they would like to see, it doesn't behoove them to keep them open. And then there's the question of, well, some of these games are going to get lost and not preserved, whereas, you know, we talk about video games as an art form... How can we find a way to preserve these old games? I mean, good old games and CG Project Red, they definitely try to do that, but it's kind of impossible to save every single game. So, I mean, Levi, I would say that if there's a game you want on the PS3, there's no guarantees that, you know, Sony is going to ever again release Infamous Festival of Blood or whatever. If you see a game on there, you might want to get it. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, PlayStation 1 classics, though, considering yeah, that, you PS1 know... PS1 and PS2 classic games, it, it's like... They had a great library of those games on PS3, but it's like none of them on PS4. I mean, I think that article's understating it quite a bit because it seems like out of the probably 20 or 30 retro PS1, PS2 games I've went and bought uh, digitally, I, I bet 80% of them were only for PS3 and, and Vita. So I, well, I think they stand to lose a good bit. Well, one of the games that I was, you know, you had the Crash Bandicoot games come out as PS1 Classics. Crash Team Racing was one that I had to wait for a particularly long time. Obviously, those games have had HD remakes, and they are now playable again on newer consoles. But, yeah, I mean, it. who, who knows? Like, again, Sony owns a lot of these games. They own the rights to a lot of these games. But if they're focused on the PS4 and PS5, who knows when we'll, we'll see any of this stuff ever again. Yeah. And Yield, I, I, as much as I said, hey... Are you feeling better about digital downloads? This this certainly has to prove you kind of right in regards to, you know, games and buying the physical. Although I will say that at some point they stopped printing digital game or stopped printing and pressing physical games too. So you kind of well, have the yeah. same situation where at some point, unless you go to eBay, you're not going to be able to buy these games. I mean, granted, yeah. if you want to if you want to go to eBay and you can find a game physically, it may cost you a lot of money, but you can still buy it. Whereas, you know, digitally, there's just no option if they shut down the store. So I guess that is kind of, you know, if you're willing to pay the money, you can still get older games physically on, you know, secondhand sites like eBay and stuff. But well, as a collector, that's just that's how I do things, even though I know it sounds ass backwards that. I am a big retro collector, but most of the games I buy now are digital. That is actually true. I am both. Um, but, you know, I, I like the access, um, you know, just the ease of being able to press a button and have a game play and be with me everywhere I go, regardless, you know, where I'm at. That's, that's just, I love that digital option. But if it's a game that I really, truly love, um, you know, I'll I'll buy it opening day for 60 bucks digital but then a year and a half later i will buy a physical copy for 20 bucks i that you know i don't mind spending that extra 20 dollars 
um, you know, to have the best of both worlds. And that's just how I do it. But I don't let a single game that I really love, I don't let it go digital only. I buy a hard copy. Yeah. Uh, so again, there's a lot of facts in that article by Video Games Chronicle. Uh, again, by Chris Scullion. Please go check it out because I don't want to sit here and read the entire thing. Uh, it does, does Chris a disservice. It does Video Game Chronicles a disservice. So please uh, go check that out on videogamechronicles.com. I'll check it out. And, well, one of the biggest pieces of downloadable content these days is, of course, Xbox Game Pass, as well as our PlayStation Plus services and our free games, which have been announced for April. Uh, Days Gone, which is one of those games That's that Tricky you. has been getting ready to, for. It's good. He's been trying to get me to buy it for the longest time. Well, if you haven't jumped in on Days Gone yet, you're going to get it for free in April. We're also getting Oddworld Soulstorm, which has its initial release in April, so that's another one of those new games that's going to be given out for free by Sony, as well as Zombie Army 4 Dead War. And while that's probably the the least known of all those games, from the uh, blog.playstation.com, give you a little synopsis here. Hitler's hordes are back for more in this spine-shilling shooter from the makers of Sniper Elite 4. Abominable occult enemies, epic weapons, and a harrowing new campaign for one to four players await in 1940s Europe as you fight to save humankind from undead Armageddon. Continue the alternate history of zombie army trilogy and huge new levels and uncover a sinister plan that takes the survivor brigade across Italy and beyond. Guild, uh, I believe we know that you have played some of the Sniper Elite games in the past. I think, did you say that you were going to be downloading this game? Well, I already have. I picked up four last year. When it uh, dropped to 20 bucks, so I already have it physically. If I hadn't, I definitely would, because I finished Zombie Army 3 last year. Of course, now I need to go back and do all my co-op stuff and beat the game on Extreme but for, for the Platinum, but I have played Zombie Army Trilogy. But you, Levi? Did any of these games entice you to play them? Oh, yeah. Days Gone. I started Days Gone last year and, and loved it. And for the life of me, it's the second game I've said on this episode. But uh, for some reason, I was sidetracked. It was some huge game released, or maybe I went on my Doom kick. I don't remember what it was, but I really hate that I didn't finish it. And I plan to finish it this year. And actually, well, I bought a how- physical, so now this is going to be the digital. So I'm pretty stoked about it. How far did you get in it? Were you I, a good ways into I it? Or think just I think I was probably 12, 13, 14 hours. Okay, so you were just out of the part where it gets kind of because Tricky had the same complaint I did. I'm pretty sure the the major complaint about this game that we had was it kind of starts slow. I still enjoyed it, but 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 once you get to like that ten hour mark, and I don't think that it's a ten hour slow part. I just remembered that it felt I enjoyed the game, but I'm just like, man, this is just. I really hope it picks up. What what was my feeling of the game? It really gets going and it gets into the story and it gets really good. It's just kind of got like a like a, a slow roll, like a snowball going downhill. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not gonna you know when I you know get ten twelve hours into a game and don't play it for a year, I always start back at the beginning. So. Well, yeah, that's always good. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just gonna treat it like an all new experience and and start that story over. Well, hopefully some of those PlayStation Plus games ignite even more of a fire underneath the competitors in the B-Legit and push them to go even harder at it. April is looking actually to be 
quite a quite big as far as releases go, both April and May. Uh, taking this list from IGN compiled by Chris Reed, this is video game release dates, biggest games upcoming for 2021, with a focus here on April and May. Uh, Outriders came out on April 1st. Yep. You got All of World Soulstorm coming out on April 6th, and of course we're going to be getting that for free on PlayStation Plus. Star Wars Republic Commando, Final Fantasy fourteen open beta for the PlayStation 5, that's on April 13th. Saga Frontier Remastered on April 15th, Mask Maker April 20th, MLB The Show 21 April 20th. Hey, just in time for spring training. Judgment on PS5 for uh, on April 23rd, Near Replicant version 1.224-744-87139. Yes, didn't fuck that up. On April 23rd, and the next big PlayStation 5 release in Returnal on April 30th. Uh, and then May, Resident Evil Village, yeah, May 7th. Oh yeah. Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, May 10th, a game that we've talked about here quite a bit on the show. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, May 14th. Deathloop, May 21st. Knockout City, which is that fun-looking dodgeball game that Tricky's been in the beta, May 21st. And Biomutant on t- May 25th. Some some big games in here, gentlemen. And, of course, a great opportunity for people who have never played Mass Effect before, that legendary trilogy that we had back in the day oh, on, the, yeah. on the 3 and the 60. But uh, yeah, you would Levi, be surprised but, how few people have actually played the Mass Effect games. I haven't. I mean, there's I one mean, of them right there, Levi. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's probably the greatest video game series ever made, and you've just got so many people that just don't know how great it is. But that that story, that just the whole Mass Effect, just the whole three game story, is just so amazing. That gameplay, I mean. I consider, I consider Half Life my favorite game series of all time, but Mass Effect is a is a darn close second. Yeah, I think the high point for a lot of people, or the, the most talked about thing, besides the disappointment in the the ending of Number Three, was that suicide mission, the vi- very final mission at the end of Mass Effect Two, because you know there was some glory, but also there was a lot of heartbreak potentially in that suicide mission. And yeah, I, I, I know lost I lost a lot of my favorites, actually. All of my favorite characters I lost and had to go into three without them. So it was disappointing, but didn't change how much I love the game. See, you know, I, I lost one person, and uh, one of my people got shot with a rocket in the face as some doors were closing. So I lost one person. So I made it out a little easier than you there, Levi. But I did Wait, have some of my favorites. Are you talking about the doctor? I can't remember. I can't remember. It was not the doctor, no. I'll have to go back and see who it was. But I all I remember was somebody got shot in the face with a rocket launcher. Uh, but yeah, my, more of my heartbreak was... Yeah, I'll, I'll look up who it is, and I'll, I'll uh, see if I can get your name there, Levi. But for me, I lost uh, I lost one of my, my favorite people uh, in in Mass Effect 3, and it was, you know, saving people, bringing people over from 2 to 3 was obviously a great feeling, but when you're just kind of delaying the heartache, man, it, it hits just quite as hard. So I had, not my uh, good luck in 2 did not carry over into 3 as much, so... But, uh, and, and Levi, you certainly, you, uh, had quite the reaction there for Resident Evil. We know that you are quite the survival horror fan, so it seems like Resident Evil Village is right up your alley. It is, and I'd never played a survival horror game until I just got back into gaming. And I bet I've probably played 50 games from that genre in the past two years. So, yeah, it's, I'm big on it now. I want to finish the Resident Evil, uh, franchise, so I still have to do, let's see, I'll be... One, two, three, four, five, six. I've I've beat everything except for a couple of the offshoot games. 
So I, I look forward to finishing that franchise this year. But yeah, not not just Resident Evil, but Dead Space outlast all of them. But see, as far as Resident Evil goes, seven in all reality may be my favorite. And I remember talking year or two years ago that you know I was saying, hey, if eight was basically just a continuation of seven with the exact same mechanics picking up on that story do it you know just like a part two of seven it may be you know the best resident evil game ever and me and daryl were both so excited to see that is exactly what they did first person resident evil seven style so we are crazy excited yeah i think making resident evil first person somehow and trapping you in a house with a crazy family I mean, you know, the second yes. part there enough is to make you, you know, kind of tremble in your shoes. But when and you make it first person, characters. you don't know yeah, any of these people. I think making it first person was kind of something that really ratcheted up because like then it's, you know, you see in third person, you see the character on screen. So you're not quite as tied into it. But when you're first person, it's like you're in view. Oh, yeah. you're, it's your eyes. So it's like I want all of my future Resident Evil games to be made in first person, even when they remake um, four and Code Veronica, which both of those are supposed to be in the works, only four is confirmed, but I think Code Veronica is as well. I, I want to see them all first person now. I would love a remaster of Resident Evil 4 in first person. But do you think we're going to get that? Because they've remade quite a few Resident Evil games, and they've all kind of kept true to the way that they played originally. Yeah, but I, I think the success of 7, and of course... I'm sure eight village will be as well. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna change things. I mean, a Resident Evil game, a modern Resident Evil game in first person is just beautiful. All right. What about you, Yield? What on this list has got your eye? Oh, I just had it up. Uh, come on. Open up. There we go. I mean, there is a Star Wars game in there, Yield. I don't know if you're if you're looking forward to Republic Commando. I don't know. Is that is that just Xbox or is that multi console? I hadn't really heard it, much of it. It is multi console. It is. I have to look into it. I haven't really heard much of it. Uh, May and June. Probably the Mass Effect game. I'm Death Loop. I'm still not sold on. Odd World, I was keeping an eye on. I'll take it because we're getting it free. Other than You'd have to be pretty ballsy it. to reject a free game there, Yield. Well, yeah, I know. Um, most of uh, most of the games that are coming out later in the year are the ones that I'm more interested in. But Well, yeah, I mean, we got Ratchet and Clank coming in June. Obviously, we'll need fives and, to play that. but And Kenya, Bridge of Spirits, coming out in August. Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga got bumped again. So who knows when we'll get that? But that's supposed to be out this year. Yeah, Returnal and Deathloop are two games that I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm probably more into Returnal and more kind of wait and see on Deathloop. I know we talked about Hood Outlaws and Legends on the show before, and you know, having a, like a Robin Hood like style game was something. You know, when we first saw trailers of it, it's like, oh, that's not that looks pretty cool, and then we. It was really cool. Then it was. Oh, it's all. It's all multiplayer, all, and we're like, "Well, you're not really talking to the right people here." Knockout no. City. I know Tricky said that it's a fun dodgeball game, so 
may, may check that out. But yeah, I mean, the first, I think Returnal is going to be a definite buy for me when I get a PlayStation 5 and that and Ratchet and Clank. But everything else on this list is kind of like subject to, we'll see, you know, even, you know, Tricky wants us to play Outriders. He wants us to play the demo and see if we like it. Still, obviously, we're not, uh, now that my cra- my Castle Crashers Platinum is in the rear view and I got the Bunny Day stuff done in Animal Crossing, who knows, maybe I'll download the demo and see how it is. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it seems... I don't know, man. I wasn't sold on the trailer. Was that the trailer where they were they were on an alien planet and they, you know, they were looking just to, to mop shit up? Yeah. I, I went into the PlayStation store, I checked out the trailer, and I was just like, I'm not sold on it. I don't know. You throw in any kind of Starship Troopers vibe, whether it speaks to us or not, I mean, that that's going to definitely get people going. I mean... That, though that is true. Starship Troopers was a good movie. So hopefully, the... Uh, you all can find something there that you like to play, and hopefully the be legit. This heats the competition up even more as Ponder tries to catch Corey. And who the hell knows what Tricky? I mean, who knows? Tricky might. If anyone can break that twenty games in a month, it's definitely Tricky, since he can play from home and from work. That's true. And and Corey also Corey he is in between jobs, so he can he can slay those twenty games a month as well. So both of those and Ponder, I see amazing months. I just want to stay in the top five. That's my goal. I think it's possible. Well, it's a, it's a you know, luckily, I mean, we know Tricky loves The Last of Us, but for him, for his own sake, it's a good thing he can can break away from that and not play it over and over again because he's he can stay relevant in the competition. Uh, we've talked about recently the eight, uh, the Last of Us television show that they're actually going to be filming. And uh, this report comes from cbc.ca. The title is HBO's The Last of Us Adaptation to Shoot in Calgary Area, starring the Mandalorian and Game of Thrones actors. So is this confirmed? This is confirmed, yes. They have even cast it. So uh, here's uh, probably answer some of your questions here, Levi. HBO's adaptation, and this uh, quote from the article, this from Joel Dryden from CBC News, Quote, HBO's adaptation of the hit video game series The Last of Us will begin production in Calgary this July, according to the Directors Guild of Canada. The Guild lists The Last of Us, which will star Pedro Pascal of The Mandalorian and Bella Ramsey of Game of Thrones, as starting production in the province on July 5th and wrapping up on June 22nd of 2022. So we're going to have to wait at least, you know, another year and a half for this to come out. But at least now we know that they're planning to have production done by 2022, which gives us an idea of when we can expect the series. Uh, Levi, we had talked about this on the show when you were not on. Is this, and Yield and I had talked last week about movie formats versus TV formats for certain games. Is this something you feel like you want to see on like on a television format? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, that's, you know, one of, if not my favorite game of all time. So of course I'm going to say, yes, I would like to see it. And no better service than HBO Max. I mean, I've really fell in love with HBO Max lately. They have really stepped it up. Like, Netflix was king for me for so long. And then they just, like, canceled all of my favorite sci-fi shows. It's like they just took a great big shit on sci-fi. Well, they they take a big old shit on a lot of things because they just... uh... I think that you're one of the things you're probably talking about is altered carbon that they canceled altered altered carbon, but that's you know the yep. big joke with Netflix is that 
the show runs for two seasons, maybe three seasons, and then they just yep. cancel everything. Travelers, um, Black Mirror. They've been sitting on Black Mirror for many years. They're uh, shutting all over uh, Stranger Things. I mean, filming three seasons in seven years, I and mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they just they'll Netflix has got this thing that they just want to keep bringing in new subscribers, and they're not focusing on retaining subscribers. And I think it's ridiculous. Um, you know, all of these amazing shows that they have and run two seasons and cancel. I, I don't, I don't even subscribe to Netflix anymore. But then I found HBO Max, and they they have they have some wonderful shows. You've got uh, one one that I recently got into, Raised by Wolves. I I love it. I'm sure they'll keep it going. You've also got um, Westworld. You know they they. They did great with, um, sorry guys, I've pulled this thing out again. You'll have to rewind. But, no, you're good, um, Levi. You know, we're talking about Westworld. Game of Thrones. And then, then, you know, you look at all their partnerships. You know, you scroll to the bottom of the app and you see all their partnerships. They've, they've partnered with Studio Ghibli. How awesome is that? They've, they've partnered with AMC. They've partnered to, to bring all these Westerns and then all these monster movies, you know, the King Kongs and... They, they bring us a lot of the old classics like Charlton Heston movies, um, you know, Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. And you just look at how diverse they are in all of these amazing classics they have. And, and then you look at all of the new content they're rolling out. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're releasing, you know, things like King Kong versus Godzilla and some of these uh, superhero movies on the day that it comes out in theater. It's also on HBO Max. I mean, they have stepped the game up so much that I don't even miss Netflix anymore. Um, HBO's has filled that niche for me completely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with movies releasing, you know, on these services, on the streaming services, it's become you know very necessary. Especially as you know, for a while there, going to movie theaters was a no-no, and HBO has really, really jumped on that. Obviously, you mentioned H- Eric Kong versus Godzilla as one of the more recent huge releases yep. for them. But then they've also got a, a back catalog of really good stuff, like Sopranos was a huge show for them for the longest time, and a, re- a series that Ashley's gotten into, got me into recently, which is Six Feet Under, which is a really good show back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of new content. They've got a lot of old content. Um, I, I don't think they could they produce as much content as Netflix. Obviously, I think there's more to watch on Netflix, but I think that they've done a really good job. Obviously, Game of Thrones was a huge hit. Uh, the thing that they've really stepped up with, though, as you mentioned, Levi, was the the newer movies, like having movies you know beam straight to your house when they were released. That's somewhere where HBO has really, really succeeded. Exactly. I have no interest in going to a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. There's probably some nostalgia for movie theaters. People are like, oh, man, I, I really wish we can go to movie theaters again. Or remember when we can go to movie theaters a year or so ago. So maybe there'll be a resurgence. But also, this could be something with people, you know, just being able to stream new movies at their house. This could be something that, you know, who knows, kills off movie uh, theaters. Yeah. I've been thinking this is would come along faster than it has. And I think now that it has started, it will not stop. Um, you've, got, you've got these jokers like... Um, uh, Disney, what is it, Disney Plus, who they will release the movie, but then you pay like an extra $30. Or you, know, or you have to buy the movie. The, yeah, you've got to buy the movie. for 30, I mean, that's the price of two or three tickets. I don't think that model is going to fly. 
Um, I, I just don't see that, I've, you know. But. I, I, I've just sat back and uh, waited for it, it waited for it to actually show up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's the, one of the last ones I looked at. I don't remember what it was, but it said... Mulan. Maybe so, but it was like $30 today or, yeah. you know, in, in two months it's free. And I'm like, you know, who's actually going to do that? They're, they're doing the same thing with uh, Black Widow. Yeah, I think that's sure. I think that's silly, but you know, and I'm like awesome. So that means two months after it releases, I'll get to watch it on Disney Plus for my subscription price. Right, and I would much rather have a service that is twice the price, like HBO. It's twice the price of, of uh, Disney Plus uh, that has these amazing movies and doesn't charge all this extra and rolls out the more content. I'm totally fine with paying that fifteen bucks a month to to get the the content that HBO is rolling out. Yeah, but see, you'll never get yield to give up Disney Plus as long as they have the Mandalorian. No, see, that's the problem with me, Mandalorian. You you look at, I mean, look at television shows. Just roll the clocks back twenty, thirty years. Let's let's talk Star Trek. Star Trek. Wait, we, we, Star Trek. We, we talking next generation? Okay. We, yeah. It's like which one are we talking? We'll look at we'll look at the next generation, but we can look at any right. of them. You had you had Picard. On TV, every week, 26 weeks straight, and then the, took about three months off, and then you had the next season. The episodes were 50 minutes long, so you had 26 50-minute episodes rolling out every 9 to 12 months. And now you've got The Mandalorian, which you get 10 episodes that are 26. Seven actual minutes long. Twenty-seven to f- once every year and a half. It, it, it's like you know you you don't get any content anymore from, from this stuff. Uh, get back to where we were in the nineties and give me you know twenty hours of content a season every year. That's that's where I would and I like the Mandalorian, but it's it's like these little think, short pissant Netflix shows. You, you don't really get any content. I think some of it is is the amount of money that they're spending. For stuff like that, and you know, as for like the Mandalorian, all the CG that they're doing for your worlds and some of that stuff, I think that's some of it, or maybe it's because they're trying to drive up interest. And I don't need you that. Know? I don't need we, all that crazy you're, you're CGI. Right. We give don't. me, give because... me John Luke Picard. I think, and he was paid well. John Luke Picard was paid. Oh, his name isn't John Luke Picard. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. He was paid very well back then. People complained about how much money he made, but. I mean, I don't remember how many millions it was, but I mean, I think he made six, seven million a season back then in the 80s and 90s. That was huge. Uh, Pay the actors well, uh, dial this CGI nonsense down and give us good quality shows. Have you seen, speaking of Patrick Stewart, did you see Picard? I am finished with season one. I have not started season two yet. Okay, I didn't. Know, I haven't seen any promos for season two, but that being said, now wait, what did I you thought think? season two was already out. I don't know. It might be okay. Well, maybe that's why but, I haven't watched season two. But um, I loved it, and I like Discovery as well. I have not seen Discovery, but I, I saw Picard, and I thought that I thought it could have been longer instead of the eight ten, like you were saying, the eight ten episodes that it was. But I thought they did a really good job in those eight, ten episodes 
explaining a lot and only leaving the holes needed to expand into season two. Yeah, and they're they're focusing on the you know the big the big nemesis. There's not a lot of these filler episodes. As much as I love the next generation, the first Star Trek, you had a whole lot of these filler episodes, and it's like this one you don't. It's it's you know straight to the Romulan, straight to the Borg. I mean, it's it's storyline episode after storyline episode, and I think it's well done. Because I could have done, you know, back in the 90s, I could have done without a lot of those filler episodes. So even though I was bragging it was more content, I could have done without 30% of it. I can't disagree with that comment. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let me let me pull you back to the okay. agenda here. Because, uh, you know, love to talk about Star Trek. Love to hear the conversation. But let's let's make sure we can get out of here by, by 9 o'clock on this. And, you know... As we're, you know, we're talking about content to watch and things we like to consume with our eyes. Well, one of our another one of another one of our other favorite series from Naughty Dog is also getting a little love as far as the screen goes, and that's Uncharted. The Uncharted movie we know is coming. Tom Holland starring. Uh, an announcement uh, posted here on IGN.com, written by Adam Bankhurst, is that the uh, update, the Uncharted movie release, delayed another week. So essentially. Not a huge delay, but they Sony has announced that they are moving back the release date for the Uncharted movie by one week. This, of course, following a much bigger release, a much bigger delay previously. Uh, the story reads: Sony Pictures has announced that Uncharted: Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, that all sounded like one movie, which would be great, but uh, has announced that Uncharted, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Cinderella, and Peter Rabbit 2: The Runaway have all been delayed. Uh, Uncharted has moved from. Oh, shit, this is... Okay, so, sorry, I confused myself. In the original story, which was a while ago, Sony had originally delayed Uncharted from July tw- July 16th, 2021 to February 11th, 2022. And now, the update to this story, in another shift for the film, the Uncharted film starring Tom Holland will now hit theaters on February 18th, 2022, as opposed to February 11th. This is the latest move for one of several small pushes we've seen for Sony Picture releases, including the one-week delay of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and a two-month delay of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, So, small delay for Uncharted. Not sure what that's about, but, you know, after the much larger delay, uh, this this small one is is a lot more uh, palatable. Uh, Guys, what do you think of the Uncharted movie and about Tom Holland starring as Nathan Drake? You guys, as Naughty Dog fans, is that something you guys are looking forward to seeing? Absolutely, I'll watch uh, it. Let, I'll picture let it. me see the. Go ahead. Let me see the trailer. That's right, because we've only really seen pictures of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Yes, which which I'm I'm not opposed. I, I think they got a good actor. Although I think I think I've seen a comment where he wasn't thrilled with the way that he portrayed Drake. Well, so I mean, maybe he's just being maybe he's just being hard on himself. I don't. We know. are all our own toughest I, critics. Yes, but I I want to see a trailer. And we mentioned, I mean, I said Tom Holland, and, and obviously he as Nathan Drake is kind of the the main focus. But this is this film also stars Mark Wahlberg, Sophia Ali, Tati Gabriel, and Antonio Banderas. Antonio. My guess is Antonio Banderas is going to be the wait. I don't know if he's playing Sully, but if not, my guess is that Antonio Banderas is going to be the villain. Because who, the first, the first one, Eddie Raja was in the first one, and he was a villain, but he was an underhanded villain. Who was the original villain? Yeah, he, 
he wasn't the overall villain. Oh, what's the guy's name? I can picture him. Well, there was an older guy who got then deceived by another younger guy. Yeah, he was deceived by kind of the the head of the enforcers, uh, so to speak. Kind of, kind of his security guy. I can't think. I can picture him. Navarro. There you go. Atok Navarro. Which I guess, yeah, I guess that would be Antonio Banderas' if, role. If if you stay with within the realm of Drake's fortune, yeah, and that would be a good role for him. Well, for me personally, you know, I love like Indiana Jones movies, and I haven't got any of those you know good Indiana Jones movies in years, and I think it's going to fill that niche. It just feels a lot like an Indiana Jones movie to me. Um, I didn't know Mark Wahlberg was in it. I'm saddened to hear that because I don't think Mark Wahlberg has ever made a decent movie in his life. I think he is a shit actor. And i sad to hear that he's in it, but you know, I'm all for it. What about the... Bring the... it on. I love the games. I know I've only played the first... I can't remember. I know I've beat the first two and maybe the third one. I can't remember if I've played the third one, but I know I haven't played the fourth one. And I just love the first two or three or whatever the ones I've beat so far is. Levi, how do you feel about the other guys? That buddy cop movie with Will Ferrell. I thought that was pretty funny. Absolutely. But, but is that Antonio one... Antonio Banderas, wonderful actor. Well, well, let me ask you about the, the other guys. That Mark Wahlberg was the other cop in that. Are you a fan of that movie or are you only talking about his serious roles not being good? What's the other one you said? The other guys. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg teaming up in a buddy cop movie. The other. I have not seen it. It's actually pretty funny. I mean, I, I get a lot of people seem to not like Walt, Mark Wahlberg these days and comment on his, the lack of quality in his, in his acting. Certainly, in you know when he was in the Transformers movies, but he's just a poor actor. Other other guys is so funny though. It's re- <laughs> so so not, not to interrupt everybody. So do, Levi, do you want to know who he's playing? Probably the lead character. He, he's going to be prominent in the movie. Oh, is he Sully? He's Sully. Is he Sully? Yeah. I don't well, know at least, how that fits. At least he's not Nathan Drake. So depending on how the movie goes, he's probably going to be in it quite a bit. Who's Nathan Drake? It couldn't be Antonio Banderas. Tom ha- to- no, Tom Holland. Okay, Tom Holland. T- Ashley just texted me and said Mark Wahlberg is trash, so Ashley's on your side <laughs> on that, Levi. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know whether it's just he's that terrible of an actor or it's just that he's been cast in so many terrible movies I don't maybe it's both I don't know but I do not enjoy seeing that man on screen oh besides what, what it, um, what's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio the departed um, now that with the exception of the departed I, I need to throw that exception in there the departed is one of my favorite movies of all time and he played he played a decent it's a minor role, but he played that role well and it wasn't outside of his skill set and I I enjoyed him and departed. See, Levi feels about about Marky Mark as I feel about Shea LaBeouf. Or LeBeau. I, I am name. with you completely there as well. Another just flat out terrible actor. Terrible. But yeah, we, we, it seems like we are all for the Uncharted movie and Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake. Uh, you know, if honestly, that's one of those movies like 
seeing Indiana Jones in the theaters, that's kind of a movie that I would like to see because I mean we don't we have got a you know a big TV here, but we don't have a nice a super nice sound system. So being able to see a movie like that, Uncharted, in the theaters, you know, that that would be nice for me. Being able to you know maybe buy a drive-in movie theater that'd be cool, uh, which we've seen a resurgence in popularity of the drive-in movie theaters. But you know, an Indiana Jones style movie like the exploration of Uncharted, that's something, you know, a movie theater almost begs for that, if we still had them around then. Is this, is this, would this movie get either of you guys back into a movie theater? Oh, like I said, like I said, I, I gotta see a trailer, but, yeah. I mean, it's not anything I'm gonna be terribly excited about, but y'all yeah, definitely watch it. Yeah, I would go into the theater and watch it. I'd rather have it on HBO Max. No, if nothing else but to play play a drinking game and, and see how many times Mark Wahlberg sucks in the movie. <laughs> Who uh, knows? This might be a great role for him. Well, and with how much money that Tom Holland is surely making off of his role in Uncharted, he could certainly buy some vintage copies of some old video games, some, some vintage retro games sealed in their original factory packaging. Our last story here, it's going to be kind of our topic of the week, is a story from IGN.com. Super Mario Bros. sealed copy breaks auction record, becomes most valuable game collectible ever. Uh, this story is written by Joseph Noop. And uh, reading from the article, quote, An incredibly rare plastic sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. for the NES has sold at auction for a world, re- world record-breaking $660,000. That hefty price tag makes it the most expensive price ever paid for a video game collectible. And this after uh, this took place on Heritage Auctions, and uh, it was deemed to be a uh, fourth printing run of the game. And uh, yeah, it um, obviously a huge amount of money for a video game to collect. It was rated uh, on the WADA scale, which typically is used to rate comic books. It uh, is a nine point six, so very highly rated. And obviously, this kind of thing, you know, you just can't go anywhere and find a sealed box copy of. Super Mario Brothers NES, so yeah, it's, I mean, huge numbers here, but not surprising. Uh, the previous record price, and this quote, the previous record price for a video game collectible was a $360,000 sale for the unreleased Nintendo PlayStation prototype, which sold in February 2020. The highest price for a single copy of the game was $156,000 for a single, for a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 in late 2020. So people are spending a ton of money on games these days, uh, probably due to the fact that a lot of people have been stuck at home for the pandemic and they're looking for ways to spend money. Also why Pokemon cards and trading cards and sports cards are now hard as fuck to find because everyone's buying them up. But guys, what do you think about the uh, sealed NES copy of Super Mario Brothers selling for $660,000? Is that nuts? It is crazy, but it doesn't surprise me at all. I set myself a limit of $1,000 a year and it's all that's just for retro games for my collection. Um, I try not to spend any more, but I do try to spend that thousand because I know if I don't now, you know, and I wait another five, 10, 15, 20 years, I'm not going to get nearly as much for my money. So I, I'm trying to build this collection to the point that I want it to be. And I'm probably 75% of the way there, but I want to round out this collection before everything is so crazy expensive that I can no longer buy it. What's what's uh what are you missing from your collection? I mean, obviously you said seventy five percent, so there's quite a few a things. Mint, but like what? Mint Chrono Trigger. Mint Chrono Trigger. All oh, for the SNES. Yep. I have that. But do you have a mint one? 
No, because I played it. Is it is it officially rated yield? So you want it in box, booklet, and everything, Levi? Yes, correct. I, I, I have, we have the box and we have the booklet, but it's been opened and played. Well, that's still, Mike qualifies as near mint. I would, I would find that acceptable if it was in extremely good condition. It doesn't have to be unopened. I, I couldn't afford one, you know, new sealed and true pure mint. But I mean, like mint, near mint, you know, everything looks amazing box. That's, that's what I'm talking about, you know. Talking five hundred dollar range. Yield, did you have it? Did you, did you put any stickers on the on the cartridge, or is the original sticker still on there? <laughs> no, uh, the last. See, my my bro, my brother and I shared the the SNES, so he he's got. I don't know if I got the console back or he's got the console, but I mean, I know I've got all the boxes. So the last I saw it, it was still all in good shape. I just didn't want uh, you awesome. and Levi to work out a deal here, and then he gets the, the well, <laughs> gets the cartridge, know, and I, there's like a super the, super a uh, permanent marker of like it says the permanent marker Chrono Trigger yeah, in permanent marker. No, I <laughs> I haven't gotten to the point. My, my wife's like, man, you need to sell this stuff, and I'm like, I no, no, I, I I don't want to. I was telling her earlier. So when when I was a kid and we moved from our house in town out in the country, we didn't have as much room. So we had to get rid of all these extra boxes that we had. So we burnt a lot of boxes. And, and a lot of the boxes that we burnt was all the NES boxes. Oh. And, and I told her, I'm like, you do realize. And I kicked myself in the butt once I saw what, what the price was. The boxes are worth more than the cartridge. Oh, it's like, a, it's like a punch to the gut. I, I, we had, I still have all the owner's manuals for all the games. Because the owner's manuals went in the plastic sleeve that the games went in. But I had pretty much 90, 95% of the boxes of all the NES games we ever had. Man, that hurts. But to, but to make room when we moved, had to get rid of it. And that yeah, now, now 20 years later, you see what they're selling for. And it's just like, man, if I had it, not that I'd sell it, but I'd be like, man, I had all that. I, I will <laughs> say. What I can tell, a box in good shape is worth about 50% more than a cartridge in good shape. And that's because there's far less boxes than there are cartridges left. So I, I did, it makes sense. I, I like Yield, in the process of getting rid of a lot of my physical games, older games, when I had to get rid of consoles because they broke, I also got rid of the boxes or just straight up threw the boxes away right away. But I did manage to keep three boxes and um, booklets for games. I have the, uh, for Nintendo 64, I have Star Fox 64 in the box. And that's a nice thick fucking box, so it's still in great shape. Oh yeah, because it because it had the uh, the rumble pack had the rumble pack. And I also have Banjo Kazooie in its box, and I have the gold cartridge Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time in its gold like shimmery holographic box. Nice. Yeah. So I did manage to keep some things. Uh, See, from, from from the SNES on, I, I, I we have started that making as well, sure we didn't way, get rid of our boxes. The uh, the gold cartridge Ocarina of Time. Levi, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah it's still it's still a well. butte. Uh, well, the reason I brought this this story to you guys' attention was I wanted to ask if, and I guess we'll do a split question here. You know, is there ever any game? And I guess Levi kind of answered this question: Is there any game that you would be willing to spend six digits on? And if not, like if for a sealed copy of a game, what's the highest amount you would be able to pay? Want to pay for like your single like favorite game or something like that? Yield. Well, I mean, well, price—I don't know. Um, 
what's okay? What's what's a game that you'd be willing to so, pay a thousand dollars for? A, a sealed a game, sealed. Ah, River Raider, River Raider Frogger, and possibly Ocarina of Time. Levi, anything else besides Chrono Trigger? Yeah, Earthbound would be the other one. I I would be ready and willing to pay uh, you know up to twelve fifteen hundred dollars for either one of those sealed um, in really amazing condition. But unfortunately, it's, it's their cost a little more than that. I think I would have and to. And either one of those graded you know at a, a nine six or something crazy like that Mario game was is is probably going to go a hundred thousand plus. I would have to go with Castlevania, an, an original sealed copy of Castlevania for the NES, Mega Man, oh, Mega Man Three, and Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I still have Mike Tyson. I have the original Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I have. I have the Castlevania, but it is not sealed. It's mint, but not sealed. I do have a cartridge of Castlevania as well as cartridges of Mega Man Three and. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I have the little Nintendo sleeves, the old black sleeves from back in the day. I do not have the boxes anymore, though. I actually got my NES handed me down from my, my older brother, my half-brother, so uh, the boxes did not, unfortunately, come with them, but I still do have the, the uh, cartridges out in my display case, out in the loft. So I got half the equation, just according to Levi, I don't have the more valuable part of the equation. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, y'all. Well, you'll remember when we said that we would easily get out of here by 9... When Levi's like, yeah, well, guess what? I, I thought we would. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> we haven't gone an hour and forty-five, right. but somehow we managed to hit the nine o'clock right on the head. All right. So before we get out of here for the night, as always, we want to throw out some love. Let's do some shout-outs. Yield, shout-out, sir. Uh, shout out to Alex for recording night. Shout out to Alex and Homer for Rocket League Rocket League Saturday. Uh, shout out to the Brain Seventy Six for we were here together. Uh, we're almost done. Hopefully, we, hopefully Wednesday we can finally knock out our first playthrough of it. Um, shout out to Levi for coming on tonight, ch- chatting all things movies and video games, and uh, a shout out to all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you for downloading, listening, interacting. Shout out to all the members of the guild. Sooner or later, Sony's shutting everything down. Love you all. Levi, sir. Hey, just a shout out to the Be Legit Squad. You, you guys are titans. You're the best of the best. Keep doing what you do. And I've got to throw a pot shot out at Tricky Mick. Um, if you're going to have me on your show, you need to join every damn now and then. Um, <laughs> well, I haven't hey, recorded to, to be with honest, you in Levi, a long he, time. He did want to join, but he was had to record from work. And I straight up asked him, "Your audio, audio quality is going to be shit, right, Tricky?" And he's like, "Probably." So. For the sake of audio quality, I was like, Tricky, you know, we'll have you let, come back another week. But as much as he wanted to join and, and talk with you, Levi. Well, I'll cut him slack this one, but next month he better be on. That's the, the first the gauntlet's first been thrown Sunday down. Night of May, Tricky make better be recording. And I'm, I'm actually uh, going to throw out a question here to the listeners. It's just off of our topic of the week. Go on to our Facebook group and share your answers here. Um, but I'll, I'll add something, a thread to the Facebook group. But basically, much like us, is there a game that you'd be willing to pay an absorbent amount of money for, box sealed, everything like that? 
mint condition. Uh, what what would you be willing to pay for a game like that? Thousand dollars, five hundred. What's your limit, and what what game would would draw that limit out of you? Uh, just again, look for the thread in the Trophy Horse Group on Facebook. We'd love to hear what you guys had to say. And a little tip: if you're looking for a really good PS3 mini to play that may be lost to time in the future, uh, there's a game called Monsters Probably Stole My Princess. It's about four levels. It's a really really small game, a really short game. But it's a lot of fun. It's, I mean, it's why it's called a PS3 Mini. It's, it's not that long, but uh, Monsters Probably Stole My Princess is a really fun game that, who knows, may be lost to time. So if you have a chance to check it on your PS3, uh, please go do, because it's a really fun game. And uh, as always, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the Fuel to the Fires Trophy Horse. Thank you, the community, for continuing to support us via Rocket League on Twitch, watching Yield and Riley on We Were Here. Uh, just anything you do... Uh, participating in Be Legit and, and firing up those scores. Thank you all for your continued support of the show because it's really what keeps us going. Give a shout-out to Yield for recording tonight. A shout-out to Tricky for his ratcheting Clank Platinum that he finally got this week. Finally, oh, yeah. finally able to Finally! And I love how everyone came out and was like, man, you cheated. You hacked it somehow. <laughs> he got trolled something fierce. Well, congratulations, oh, Tricky. And, of course, we want to thank Levi for coming on this week. His, his ske- regularly scheduled appearance here at the first of the month with the Be Legit scores. Not only thank you there, Levi, for, for joining us, but also for running the Be Legit and, and doing a very community-focused thing that you didn't have to. Hey, well, thanks for having me, and I'm glad you guys are uh, uh, playing the Be Legit with me. Look, man, I'm, I'm not in Be Legit, but I'm definitely watching to see if Ponder Stibbins can catch Corey because I'm not, I'm not having any favorites, but, you know... I think he will, man. It's like an athletic competition. It's better when the scores are close. I mean, except when we're playing Rocket League, I have more fun when we're kicking the shit out of a team. But, well, see, the thing is, Ponder steps up the competition because nobody knew Corey had beat 21 at the end of the first month. So Corey, you know, he just, like, claimed on the last day. He's like, boom, here's all these screenshots. It was all legit. He beat him. But nobody knew. So Ponder all the while thought he was just killing everybody with his 11 or whatever he posted. Then he realized that there was someone else out there. Ponder has stepped it up and has increased both months and is now, he's playing on the same level Corey is. So now that Ponder knows the competition's there, I think they'll be running neck and neck the rest of the year. Yeah, and credit to Ponder for basically, I mean, once Corey came out of that gate with that, that first month total, it's just like, it'd be real easy to be in that competition to be like, well... I'll just get second, I'll just get third, whatever. But it seems like Ponder's trying to catch him, which is yeah. for that, you know, that... Some people just, some people lost interest in Be Legit. They was like, oh, if somebody's going to go, you know, play in 60 hours a week every week, uh, there's no point. I disagree with that that mindset. Um, you're not really... This is a marathon, not a sprint. You, yeah, compete with yourself, you know. Challenge yourself to, to beat more games. Doesn't matter if you win any of the prize money at the end of the year. It's a negligible amount of money anyway. You know, who cares? Uh, just join us, be part of the team, and uh, slay some games. Oh, yeah. I, I knew going in that I didn't stand a chance. I'm like, ah, that's all right. I, there, there's a couple of people I'd like to beat, and if I do, awesome. Last year, I completed that. That's for me. There's there's a few people that I've wanted to beat, and uh, exactly. We, we don't have to be in the top three. No. All right, y'all. Well, last but not least, I want to give a shout-out to my uh, loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who is hard at work doing some school stuff. Very proud of her for that. And uh, kicking ass in her new job, she actually got a, a job offer. She's been trained to become a nurse, got a job offer to work at a clinic, um, which 
a lot more favorable hours. She'll be off by 3.30, which is, you know, if you can get hours like that, that's fantastic. So I'm very proud of her and all the hard work she's put in. And uh, yeah, love you, honey. So that is going to bring us to the end of episode 474. Thank you all for joining this, joining us for this week. And as always, happy trophy hunting. Peace out. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.